Hey family, how are you? I pray all is well in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and you. That's right. He is your God and what a mighty God we serve. (laughs) How are you doing family? It's been a while. I know I have been doing so many things. God has been so good. And I have a, you know, a few announcements that I will be making soon. I've been working on a few projects and I'm super, super excited for the presence of God and what he has been doing. So I will be sharing that with you guys soon. So I haven't been away just to be away. I've been working the works of him that sent me while it is still day to God be the glory. So I wanted to um, come on today and share with you um, 1 Corinthians 10. I was reading it and going through it and I just wanted to share it with you guys because it's really on my heart. So I'm just going to start reading. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. So let's get into the Word of God. For I do not want you to be unaware, believers, that our fathers were all under the cloud in which God's presence went before them, and they all passed miraculously and safely through the Red Sea. And all of them were baptized into Moses, into his keep, his safekeeping as their leader in the cloud, in the sea. And all of them ate the same spiritual food and all of them drank the same spiritual drink. And they were drinking from a spiritual rock, which followed them. And the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. For they were scattered along the ground in the wilderness because their lack of self-control led to disobedience, which led to death. Let's just pause right there before I continue. They all had the same food. They all had the same drink. They all was able to drink of the cup of Christ. Yet as it is written, God was not pleased with most of them. Because of a lack of self-control that led to disobedience, which led to death. It makes me think of how many of us we go to the same, you may go to the same church or be under the same leadership and under the same anointing. Yet you're going in a complete different direction because of a lack of self-control. And you are disobeying. And as it is written, the wages of sin is death. Do you have self-control? Are you walking in obedience? Are you taking the spiritual food and the spiritual drink of God and you allowing it to nourish your soul and allowing you to be filled? Because one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. So if you're eating spiritual food and you're drinking a spiritual drink, one of the evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life is self-control. But many are falling away and many are not representing Christ right. Many of us are not allowing the Holy Spirit to be evident in our life because we don't have any self-control. And without self-control, many of us are going into disobedience, whether that's You know, no self-control with finances, no self-control with food, no self-control with your flesh. Do you have self-control? Let's go on to verse six. Now, these, the warnings and admonitions took place as examples for us 
so that we would not crave evil things as they did. Do not be worshipers of handmade gods as some of them were, just as it is written in scripture. The people sat down, ate and drank after sacrificing to the golden calf of Horeb and stood up to play, indulging in immoral activities. We must not indulge nor tolerate sexual immorality as some of them did and 23,000 suddenly fell dead in a single day. Did you hear that? We say we serve the same God for he is the same yesterday, today and forever. Do we not believe that we serve a God that is just? That is looking for us to raise up in the area of our spiritual maturity? That he's looking for us to bring forth ourselves and stand before him? unspotted and unblemished that we're willing to give ourselves as an offering as a sacrifice it says we must not indulge nor tolerate sexual immorality as a born-again believer in Christ Jesus as you have drinking your spiritual drink and eating your spiritual food are you indulging and are you tolerating Sexual immorality is something that we must think about. A sign of spiritual maturity is that we arise above the things of the earth, that we don't conform to the ways of the world, what the world say is good and what the world say is okay. What has become normal in society is not normal in the kingdom. We are to live under the rules of heaven, not under the rules and the ways of this world. That's why the Bible says wear this world as a loose garment because we are of a different kingdom. I read this and it really tugged at my heart because no, I may not have issues in the area of sexual immorality, but what other areas do I have a lack of self-control? Whether it's eating or shopping or whatever the case may be. We can all look at ourselves and ask, do I have a level of self-control where the Holy Spirit is being lifted up and the flesh is being caused to sit down? Let's continue reading. Verse 9. We must not tempt the Lord. That is, test his patience question his purpose or exploit his goodness i'm gonna read that again we must not tempt the lord that is test his patience question his purpose or exploit his goodness now this is serious because many of us test god we look at the scriptures and we look at the blood and we we we, we throw around grace like it's okay. Grace, grace, grace. A grace card here. Let's put a little grace on it. Let's put a little blood on it. But at the end of the day, what we're actually doing is testing the patience of God. 
And we are exploiting his goodness. We know he's merciful. We know he's kind. We know he's going to forgive us. But when will we come to the place that we stop frustrating the grace of God? When will we come to the place that we no longer question the purpose of his word and the purpose of his commandments for us to be ye holy? When we stop looking at God and we, we have reverence for him, we have respect for him. This tugged at my heart because I'm, I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm seeing the body, the body test the patience of God. I'm looking at the body question his purpose. I'm looking at the body exploit his goodness. We must repent. We must repent and begin to turn around. We're in the end times. We truly are. And I know it's something that we've been hearing, but there is a shift in the spirit. There is something moving in the spirit. And if you are connected, and if you are aligned, you will feel that shift too. Things aren't like it used to be. The enemy is running rampant and he got many deceived. For as it is written, even the elect will be deceived. We must open the eyes. We must we must pray that the Holy Spirit open the eyes of our understanding. We must have our eyes enlightened because we are missing it. We're not seeing the times that we're in and we're falling prey to the society. We're falling prey to society. We're falling prey to the ways of the world. We're being conditioned. We're being conditioned to follow. What society say is normal and many of us are going with it rather than saying, no, I have a different standard. No, I'm going to obey God. No, I'm going to do what the kingdom asked me to do. And don't think for one second just because you're not exploited and because it is behind closed doors that it makes it any difference. It is not less sin because nobody knows about it. Come on. It is not less of a sin because nobody knows about it. It's even worse for what you do in secretly. He rewards openly. What are you doing behind closed door? What are you doing that you think nobody knows, but all of heaven sees? And guess what? All of hell sees. And we are opening these doors ignorantly thinking that it's okay. I'm not sinning because nobody knows it's a sin. No, 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 no. It's a sin. God knows it's a sin. The devil knows that it's a sin. And you know it's a sin. But because of your lack of self-control. Because of your lack of self-control, you are willing to disobey God. You are willing to test his patience and you must repent. You must repent. My brother and my sister, don't think because no one knows. Don't think because you have yet to be exposed. If you hear this, let the spirit of the Lord tug at your heart. The day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Repent. And ask the Holy Spirit to help you overcome, to help you gain self-control over whatever addiction you have in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's get back to the word. Verse 10. And do not murmur in unwarranted discontent as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happen to them as an example in warning to us. They were written for our instructions to admonish and equip us. Did you hear that family? The word of God, these stories, these examples were given not for us to just read and say, oh, look at the children of Israel. It was to look at it was for us to look at the man and woman in the mirror. What am I doing? 
Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for being a murmurer. Forgive me for being a complainer. Forgive me for not having self-control. Forgive me for being disobedient. These instructions were given so it can equip us to fight a more effective warfare. The Bible is not just a story that we read. It is instructions to equip us to live this life out effectively. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Verse 12. Therefore, let no one who thinks he stands firm, immune to temptation, being overconfident and self-righteous. Take care that he does not fall into sin and the condemnation. Now, this is important because it's many people who think that they have arrived and they have gotten to a place that maybe you, like I said, maybe you are not in, you know, falling to sexual immorality. But we don't look at the other things in our life as a door opener. So we, 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 some people, you know, overconfidently look at themselves in a self-righteous way. Oh, I got it going on. I got it going together. I'm not sinning. I'm not drinking. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And we all have to check ourselves. And I love that the Bible tells us to look at yourself. Don't think you are immune. Don't think that you got it going on. Don't overthink. Don't be overconfident. I love that. Because at any given moment, you can fall prey to the temptations of the enemy. At any given moment, you can fall victim to the traps and the snares of the enemy. So don't be overconfident and don't think that you're immune to the tricks of the enemy. We're not immune. You may have come to a place of maturity. And I even had to even look at myself and examine myself because there are areas in my life where I have gained self-control. There are areas of my life where I'm no longer defeated, but I am more than a conqueror. And to God be the glory for that. But with humility, we must stay under the covering. We must stay under the umbrella of God, not to boast, not to boast. Not to boast. I'm going to say that again. We can't boast in what the spirit of God has done in our life. Hallelujah. It, it's not us. It's, it's the grace of God. It's the spirit of God. It's the anointing of God. I can't boast because the Holy Spirit has empowered me to overcome the things that used to defeat me. So we can't be overconfident and we can't have this self-righteous attitude because it's only the grace of God that I'm at a place of maturity. Hallelujah. Verse 13, no temptation, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experiences, nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance. I love this. No temptation, sex, drugs, alcohol, lying, murmuring, complaining, no temptation. That your experience is uncommon. We're all going through. We're all being tempted. Amen. No one is above the other. We're all being tempted in one area or the other. However. However. But it's not beyond our resistance. This is why we need that self-control. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read this again, family. No temptation, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you. That is not common to human experiences. Nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance. When was the last time you resisted, resisted that urge? 
to have sex outside of marriage? When was the last time you said no? I, I'm going to control myself. I'm going to control my urges. I'm not married. When was the last time you resisted not picking up that alcohol? When was the last time you resisted not picking up that cigarette or not picking up weed or not picking up that drug? When was the last time you resisted the idea to murmur and complain? When was the last time you resisted? These temptations are not beyond our resistance. We can resist it if we choose to. But we must build up. We must, we must strengthen our spiritual muscle. We must strengthen our self-control that we can resist. Because if you keep feeding, whatever you feed will grow. If you keep feeding your sexual appetite, if you keep feeding yourself the alcohol, if you keep feeding yourself the drugs, if you keep complaining and murmuring, this isn't right, this isn't fair, guess what? It will grow. And the only thing you know how to do is engage in sexual immorality and drink and smoke and complain and lie and cheat because this is what you feed. What we feed grows. Lord, help us. But God is faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation he has in time past and now will always provide a way out as well so that you will be able to endure it without yielding and will overcome temptation with joy. I got to read that again because God is so good. God is so awesome. But God is faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation he has in past, he has right now and always will provide a way of escape so that you will be able to endure it. Family, if you are hiding under the shadows of the almighty, he will give you the power to endure and to resist the temptations that comes to you. But if you are falling prey to the temptation, that means you're not abiding. You're not hiding in the right place. You're hiding for where the enemy can see you. But if you're hiding under the shadows of the almighty, there's a covering. There is a hedge of protection. There is that secret place that God is a keeper. God will keep you. He will, he will secure you. He will give you the strength to endure. He will give you the perseverance to keep moving forward. And I love that it says, and you will overcome the temptation with joy. You won't be mad. You won't complain. Oh, I had to do this. There's one thing to overcome the temptation and give God the glory. It's another to sit there and complain. Well, I did this and Lord, you know, I, I didn't sleep with him or I didn't sleep with her or, you know, I did turn the drink down or. But we're complaining in our heart. We're murmuring in our heart. There's no joy. There's no sadness because it was more of a task. To obey God shouldn't be a task. We should want to obey the, obey the Lord with gladness in our hearts. We should want to obey the Lord with gladness. 
We made him Lord over our life for a reason. We didn't make him Lord over our life to disobey, to leave him over there in a corner by himself. No, I called on Jesus to be my Lord and Savior for him to take reign, for him to be sovereign over every area of my life. And if he say, Trina, I need you to resist. I need you to have self-control. I need you to obey. He has a purpose for it. He has a purpose for the commandment. He has a purpose for what he has told me to do. He has a purpose for those instructions because he is a loving father. He is a loving God. He's a merciful God. He's compassionate. He's trustworthy. He has a purpose for those instructions. And this is what we have to get in our heart. If God, God is not telling me that I can't have X, Y, and Z because he don't want me just to have it. He's doing something. He's raising me up. He's maturing me. He's stretching me. He's elevating me. He's building up that spiritual muscle. And we look at the world and it looked like they got everything going on because they get, they're living their best life. So they think. And they get to do what they want, when they want, how they want. But I, 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 I promise you, we don't know what they're dealing with behind closed doors. As they take their snapshots and post their Instagram and Facebook highlight reels. What looks and appears to be like their good life. We don't know the torment. We don't know the issues. We don't know the burdens. We don't know what's tied to the very thing that they have. The same way when God blesses us, the Bible says, when God blesses us, he adds no sorrow. I want to be blessed where there is no sorrow. I want to be blessed and I don't have to worry about, can I keep it or will I lose it? Because it wasn't the will of God. I want to, I want to, I want you to be blessed. I want you to be prosperous. I want you to see the fruit in your land. And there's no sorrow add to it because you were obedient, because you had self-control and because you obeyed God and that you overcame every temptation that came your way for the glory of God. We must get to that place that we obey God because we choose to, because we want to, because we love him, because we reverence him, because we honor him. That there's joy in our heart when we choose to obey, knowing, knowing that God is not unrighteous, that God is not unfaithful, that God will not forget your good works and your labor of love, that God will remember you and that in due season, you will reap your harvest in due season. He has made everything beautiful in his time. And if we can trust the sovereignty of God and trust the hand of God and trust the love of God, that he has made everything beautiful in his time to stop looking at the clock, stop looking at everybody else's blessing, stop looking at what everybody else is doing, stop looking at everyone else. He has made everything beautiful in his time for me. And when it's time for me, it will be good. When it's time for me, it will be great. And when it's time for me, there will be no sorrow added. But I will overcome temptation with joy because when my time come, I will have no sorrow added. Therefore, I can persevere. Therefore, I can go forth. Therefore, I can obey the instructions of God. 
Family, I pray that this shifts you. I pray that this stirs you up in the spirit. I pray that this calls you to repent for you to really look at yourself and ask, where am I lacking self-control? Where am I lacking self-control? Where am I being disobedient to God? Where am I not allowing my spiritual muscle to be strengthened in the name of Jesus? Am I just looking at the Bible as a story? Or do when I read it, I apply it to myself that I really see myself as I read the word of God because he's talking to me. These are instructions for me to live my best life according to the word of God. We have to shift even how we read. Sometimes we just read it and we say, David, 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 Paul, Paul, Paul. But what about you, you, you? He's talking to you. And I mentioned this before. It's time for us when you see the names in the Bible, like take those names out. Take those names, put your name. Because many stories, there's so many times I've read the Bible and I'm like, man, Lord, did you just take that out? Like, I feel like you just took a story from my life and just put it in the Bible. (laughs) Because God knows what we need when we need it to give us that encouragement. And I love that it started with like, we are all going through that we, we have all went through. Even our brothers and sisters in time past. And this is why the Bible was given to help us, to equip us, to give us these instructions and to even give us confidence to know that we're not alone. That these the same temptations that we are enduring, the same temptations that are up against each and every one of us is the same temptations that our brothers and sisters in the Bibles was up against. There's no different. There's nothing new under the sun. And to be encouraged that I can get through this, that I can overcome this. But I don't want to be drinking the same spiritual food, drinking the same drink, being under the covering of Christ. And I have no self-control. I have I'm, I'm operating in disobedience. There should be a spiritual jealousy that comes up upon us when we see our brothers and sisters elevating in the things of the spirit. Yes, one plantive, one water, and God gives the increase. But there's also something to say about you and your ability to submit. You and your ability to have self-control and you and your ability to obey the word of God. It's not always God waiting on, it's not always us waiting on God to increase us. Sometimes it's just God waiting on us to submit. God waiting on us to obey. God waiting on us to have self-control. We got to look at ourselves and no, we're not judging ourselves against our brothers and sisters. And we're not looking at where we each are because, yes, we're in different seasons and different levels of life and ministry. But if you're the same old vessel you was five years ago, that's something you need to think about. I shouldn't be thinking the same. I shouldn't be acting the same. I I shouldn't have so. So why am I? Why why I don't have any self-control? Why am I still operating in disobedience? That's something only you can answer. And so I read this and I was like, wow, this is this is what we need right now to really look at the men and women in the mirror. How long have you been walking with God yet you have no self-control? How long have you been walking with God yet you operating in disobedience? Can you honestly say you're walking with God? Because Jesus said, if you abide in me and my, my word abide in you, there's, there's something different in your character when the word abide in you. There's just something different in your character. 
You can't tell me you're walking with God and you look like the world. It's just impossible. It's impossible to walk with God, but look like the world and act like the world and talk like the world and think like the world. It is impossible. So you got to be mindful of the spiritual food you're eating, the spiritual drink you're drinking. Because if you are standing on the spiritual rock, which is Christ Jesus, you should have a level of self-control. And you should be eager to walk in obedience to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. So I pray that this stirs you up. I pray this makes you look at yourself and do a spiritual evaluation. We're at a time where we're doing self-checks and self-care. But when was the last time you did a soul check? When was the last time you did a spirit check? It's easy to get your hair done and your your nails done and you feel all good about yourself. But how your heart doing? Where are you emotionally? Where are you mentally? Are you seeking counsel? Are you seeking help? Where are you spiritually? Are you strengthened spiritually? Or is your spirit weak? We, we, we do good taking care of this flesh, don't we? We know how to, like I said, get our hair and our nails done and get our hair cut and we smell all good, get our new clothes. We know how to take care of this flesh. But are you getting healing emotionally? Are you getting healing for your trauma from your past? There's no point of taking care of our our earthly suit and we're not taking care of our soul and our spirit. So I pray that this makes you think about where you are emotionally and mentally and spiritually. Are you really being led by the Holy Spirit of God? Or are you being led by your suit, this earthly suit? I had saw this TikTok video that really blessed me. And it said, you want to know why it's so easy to sin? And it said, because your flesh don't care about eternity. It's not going with you. That thing hit hard. That thing hit home. When we die absent from the body, presence with the Lord, this earthly suit stays here in the ground. Our spirit goes up to God. The, the flesh don't care about your eternal, your eternal salvation, where you're going to spend eternity. Because it ain't going. This flesh ain't going. And that's why it's a war. It's a war between the flesh and the spirit. And this is why we must strengthen our spirit so we can conquer. We can conquer the temptations of the flesh. But as I've mentioned, what we feed will grow. So we must feed our spirit. We must make sure of what we're putting into our spirit. What is going into our minds. That we can truly present ourselves a living sacrifice unto God. Family, let the spirit of the Lord minister to your spirit. We must raise up in the spirit. No longer can we test the patience of God. And no longer can we exploit his goodness for a few temporary fixes. It's It's temporary. The things in this world is temporary. But the things of God are eternal. Please allow the Holy Spirit of God to check your heart and where you are. Do an evaluation on your soul and do an evaluation on your spirit. And if you know that you are not right with Christ Jesus, 
repent and turn your heart back to God. Ask the Lord to lead you. The Bible says that he would give us pastors. He will give us shepherds that are after his heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you into the right church. That lead you to people that will help you to cultivate you into the image of Christ Jesus. We need to be around the right company. We need the right people in our life. Pray. Maybe you don't have that type of circle. Pray. The Lord wants to give you people that's after his heart that will love you and that will bring you closer to him. If they don't bring you closer to Jesus, you need to question if they need to be in your life. Why are you here? Who sent you? Who sent you? Because if God sent you, there would be some edifications. If God sent you, there would be some spiritual growth. If God sent you, there would be some elevation in the spirit. But if I'm being decreased and if I'm being discouraged and if I'm being overwhelmed, I need to question who sent you. So I want you to pay attention to your circle. I want you to evaluate where you are emotionally and where you are spiritually. Evaluate your soul. Evaluate your spirit. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God. A broken and contrite heart. He will not despise. But we have to be broken. We have to be honest. We have to be humble and say, God. I ain't been doing this thing right. Please don't think you got it going on. Please don't over overthink and over. Uh, well, let me go to the scripture because it, 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 don't be overconfident and self-righteous because you've been walking with God 10, 15, 20 years. Don't be overconfident. This is the word of God. Verse 12. Therefore, let therefore let the one who think he stands firm immune to temptation, being overconfident and self-righteous takes care that he does not fall. Don't think that you're not subject to the tricks and snares and traps of the enemy. We are all, none of us are exempt. So do an examination and ask the Holy spirit to expose you. We quick to want people exposed. When was the last time you asked the Holy Spirit to expose you? Expose me, Lord. Expose me. What am I doing that's not pleasing in your spite? Expose me. What what are my thoughts looking like? What is my heart like? Where am I spiritually? Am I even walking with you? Am I even connected to you? Humble yourself before the sovereignty of God. Ask the Holy Spirit to examine your heart. And when he does, repent. Because he is faithful to forgive you. Family, I love you. May God bless you and keep you. And until I talk to you again, be blessed.